Claude was my best friend. Like I saw something in her and I wanted to share the stage with all of them, but especially her. Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation with Mariah Huck right after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. I've executive produced top-rated programs such as eight seasons of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Additionally, I have created shows such as Netflix's Styling Hollywood, OWN's number one rated love and marriage franchise, and TV One's Hollywood Divas, just to name a few. So y'all know I have many jobs, child, okay? Just saying. New episodes of Reality with the King will air once a week on Wednesdays. We'll resume airing twice a week in June. In the meantime, make sure you catch my new late-night talk show, The Nightcap with Carlos King, on the Oprah Winfrey Network, every Saturday night starting May 14th, immediately following Love & Marriage D.C. Hey, Raindrops. Today's guest on Reality with the King is one of my really good Judies. She also just happens to be, in my opinion, one of the most underrated reality TV stars. She's also an executive producer, creator, and former cast member of Married to Medicine. Yes, that's right. We got the one and the only Mariah Huck. Let me tell y'all why I wanted Mariah on the podcast. Number one, she's my girl. She's my friend. I love her. I adore her. But I also feel like she is so misunderstood. And as you guys have seen with the guests that I've had on thus far, I like to talk to misunderstood women. Because look, I want you guys to see the side of them that I know. Oftentimes on television, you see one side. And when it comes to Mariah, especially, she is a good girl. She is a, oh my gosh, she's hilarious. She's smart. She's a hard worker. And I know how much she loved the show she created. Yeah, that's right. She created Married to Medicine. We get down to the nitty-gritty, y'all. We talk about whether or not she was fired from Married to Medicine, how she was asked to be a peach holder on the Real Hotspots of Atlanta. And last but not least, we talk about her healing and how she decided to choose peace over pain. Get into this epic conversation with my girl, the Mariah Hall. Mariah, you are a legend, and I don't use that word loosely. Your fans tweet me almost every day. Can you create a show for Mariah? Can she be on Love and Marriage Atlanta? Do something for my girl? So let the girls know, Mariah, how are you doing? What have you been up to? First of all, let me say thank you. And I do, I don't take it lightly. I'm very humble. While I am humble by it, to me, I haven't made made the type of history that I know that I can do and that I know you are already doing. So I be, plan on being more of a legend. I really do. This is just the beginning. Um, so, you know, I took a, I've been, I, I just took a, like a 
sabbatical for a minute. You know, I had to. I was dealing with so much um, tying up loose ends with the show and everything. So now I've just, I've really been working on me and family. Like my kid, Lauren's graduating this year. I, I'm, I'm, I'm opening up a new uh, shared co-work space with a building I bought a few years ago. I have a media space coming over 6,000 square feet in downtown McDonough. Um, I'm working on scripted. I started as a writer um, and I'm getting back to that, you know, and the thing about this business that I love or just about in, in general, when you have talent, people can't take that away from you. And so I just I'm really getting to what I tried to do initially, which was tell a story that was my I feel like was my story. And so I feel like now I'm kind of getting back to that. So I've been back writing and, and just really, I mean, getting the coin. I mean, she gets, she's been getting to the coin. She may not be posting, but I think sometimes you have to go underwater. You really do. I appreciate the fan. I've had so much support. I've had support from every which way. So I'm truly grateful for that because that has kept me going. It really has. Yeah, no, I'm with you with the lack of posting. One thing I learned from Tyler Perry is he says, sometimes God has to hide you. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be hidden so that you're able to cultivate the things that you want to do, that God wants you to do, so that when you reemerge from isolation, that's when you're ready to take on everything for you. And I feel like that's exactly what you're talking about. It is. You know, I mean, if Tyler says we definitely have to listen, but it, you know, it's on point. It's the truth. I am here for social media. I just felt like for me, I, you're right. I had to go underwater and do what God has for me to do. Every time I tried to go back to social media, to be honest, something happened and it would be like, sit down, be still. So I knew he was doing some things in my life and working on something bigger and better. I just, I needed to focus. And I get, I'm a Libra. Look, I get caught off. I, I get off balance. I have to have tunnel vision and the peripheral vision sometimes will throw me off. So I have to stay focused, especially when I'm talking about a coin. Yes. It's just different. It's different. And you know, you got to do bigger, do better and do it in a more explosive way. And I am definitely about doing that. Yes. Well, listen, you are a maverick, honey. Let me let me let the, the audience know that I met Mariah for the first time when I was producing The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And Carlos King wanted Mariah so badly to be an Atlanta housewife. And I don't know if the girls know this, but we taped scenes for Mariah to be a peach holder. So Carlos King, working on Atlanta Housewives, I get a phone call. You know, we're casting. We, we, we found this woman, Mariah. Can you shoot a few scenes with her? Sure. Shot a few scenes with Mariah, with her beautiful sister, Lake. And I call the executives and said, she's a no-brainer. Like, she needs to be on the show. And tell me if I'm wrong, Mariah, but I believe the issue was we all wanted you, but you didn't want us. No, no, no. You know what? To be honest with you, that was not the case. You know what it was? I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. And I really did. I, my inspiration, let me be very clear, were people like you, Princess and Nene, like what you guys had done was so amazing. So it wasn't that I didn't want you guys. It was that once I started, once I embarked on my journey to do my own, you know, I felt like, you know what, I'm already close. Let me just 
see this thing through, even though initially there would have been more money, more notoriety, more a better reach, you know, infiltration. But once I started on my journey and I set my own goals, I just felt like I needed to see Mary to Medicine through. My steps were already ordered. Yeah, and let, me, and let me let them know. So I'm, I'm, of course, laughing when I say you don't want us. And to me, that's a big compliment because as a Black person in this business, you have choices and there's freedom and choices. One of my favorite moments from King Richard was when Venus Williams was offered $2 million if she mm. signed with Nike before she played. And she knew, Venus knew her worth. And she said, I'll, I'll, I'll wait this out because I want to be able to showcase my skills because I know I can get more of a bag. So Mariah turned down being on the show, guys, because she created her own show called Married to Medicine that she was pitching. So Mariah always believed in herself, believed in ownership. Real Housewives of Atlanta, especially at that time, because this was during season four, Mariah, my line, it was the biggest show in Atlanta in the world. It was. But Mariah knew, as a Black woman, as a content creator, let me see this through something I created my way. So let the girls know about that. You know what? It was really hard. I'm not going to lie to you. Because when people are offering you a bag, and what they do is they come back with more money and more money and more money. We want it, you sis! You know what? And the money is so good, but you're right. It, you said the key words, and I had the type of parents that told me to know your worth. So it started way beyond TV. I knew who I was before I went to TV. I knew what I wanted to do. It was really hard, though, because delayed gratification is always tough. Saying, you know what? I'm going to do this now. I'm going to put in the work now. I'm not going to see a dime of it because they were offering me much more than I received initially as a creator, executive producer, and star or one of these stars of Married to Medicine, I actually would have made more just initially being on Real Housewives of Atlanta. And it's really, really important for people to know because you do have to give up something. It's a lot of sacrifices you make. But I did it because it was more, it wasn't just about securing the bag. It was about securing the legacy. I have two amazing children. I, you know, now they're like, one is a graduating senior headed to college, the other is a 10th grade. And for me, it was about creating a legacy and something that they can own and something they can have that we can pass down. So even though I knew that Real Housewives of Atlanta would have been amazing for me, my career would have gave me a reach beyond. I knew that creating my own was a step in the direction that God wanted me to go. So it was hard. And I pitched. They told me no. Initially, when I pitched the show. Yeah, so let us know the story. Explain to us how you started from creating the show to pitch it to being on the air. Give us that quick recap. And they initially came to me for Housewives of Atlanta season three. The season they was casting Cynthia initially. And Aiden was like giving me pushback, which I was shocked. You know, he was like, yeah, how you? And because, you know, this is still unscripted TV. It was a little different. And initially, you know, different careers looked kind of turned their nose down at Unscripted. I'm just keeping it real. And it hadn't and it wasn't in Atlanta. It, had, it was still it was kind of still new in Atlanta. So to make a long story short, he was like, you know what? I want you to get back to what you what you love doing. I know you love TV, but this isn't right for us. I'm like, this is perfect for us. And then he was like, well, just tell the story that you've been telling, which is the truth. It was like living, working and playing with the doctors and Everything. So I, I, I started doing my own. I did my own treatments. I, st- you know, I was pitching 
I had been pitching before then, once I seen the show, but I made it better once I saw Housewives and saw it evolve because you see the evolution of unscripted TV, like as it goes by. So I just kept pitching. They told me no. They told me they would initially, when I went to Bravo, they said they would never do, no, when I went to the production company, they said Bravo would never do a show that competes with the, one of the top shows on their network, which is Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I said, well, they have a lot of shows that are competing with it. But what I wanted them to say is what they end up saying. They would never do a black show to compete. They already had a top black show. And that's the truth out of Atlanta. That's the way they looked at it. And so I just pretty much said, okay, well, if they don't do it, somebody else will. It got better and better. You know, I kept pick, pitching to True Entertainment, Lauren Eskelin, Everybody, you know, and it got better and better. And they eventually saw either we're going to work with them or they're going to be a hell of a you know, competitor. So I pitched for years. I did for like three, four years, came up with the treatment. I did several, uh, I don't know how many video. I just, I pitched it, made it better and better and better. Put my own money behind it. Just got with different production companies. I did. Got picked up by TLC. Um, Lifetime loved it and decided to go with the production company I went with because they had the relationship with Bravo. And I knew that Bravo could reach the household mm-hmm. and the audience that I felt like we needed to reach. So once I started getting the offers from, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta, to be honest, that's when they, to me, it, the, the tone change. You know, it was almost kind of like, come here, you know, do this instead of doing that. And so that's what kind of, you know, the, the more money... I love y'all and I wanted to be on there, but I just felt like I needed to stick with my own thing. Stay tuned for more of my conversation with Mariah Huck. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Mariah. What was it like when you realized Married to Medicine, a show you created, was a hit? But when we look at the credits, I don't see executive producer under Mariah's name. You know what? It hit me a little different. The first season, you know, is when I was only like an associate producer on there. It hit me real different because you have to think, you know, with my story, the whole reason why my whole purpose was to see my name and to create a legacy and to see the credits meant everything to me. They really, truly did. Because it's like a man loving you in the dark, but he don't want to bring you out in public. Like, I had done everything. You know, I had created the show cast, every one of the people on there. So for me, I knew how hard I had worked. It was really tough. And that's when I was like, hold up, wait a minute. And then took a step back, had to regroup and figure out the best way of approaching it without burning bridges and um, taking away from what I had worked to build. Because I think sometimes people do things to evoke emotion so that you cross yourself out. So I, I took a step back. It was really hard, though. When I saw it, all the work I had put into it, everything, you know, and, and initially didn't see my name, because that meant everything to me. And I think sometimes they, people don't, they minimize it. And it comes so hard as a minority. You, nobody gives you anything. Mm-mm. So, it, like, for me, it was just a whole different level of dis- disrespect. 
honestly, because I felt like I had worked hard. But I, and people love to say, well, you didn't negotiate this. You, no, it don't work like this is a different type of industry. Corporations kind of bully their way and do whatever they want to do. So I felt like I had done everything right, to be honest with you. We've always crossed our T's and dotted our I's, had a great legal team. So I, I was really, you know, I was just, it was a lot. It was a lot nonetheless. But the one thing I'd tell you I did right was being on the show because initially I wasn't going to be on the show. The first time I shot uh, Married to Medicine, I wasn't on it. And everybody said, well, you're a doctor's wife. Why wouldn't you be on it? But see, I thought I would be biased. So I, I wasn't on it. I can't imagine that show without you. How do you feel when people say the show changed the moment you felt that Quad was becoming the star of the show and you underestimated her star power? You know, I think that's probably one of the most insulting things you have to keep in mind. Quad was my best friend. Like, I saw something in her and I wanted to share the stage with all of them, but especially her. I was able to share my dream, because that's what it was, with each and every one of those women. I wanted us all to build something together. And I felt like we could together. So I think that is probably one of the most hurtful things, to be honest, because that was never it. They looked at us like that. They didn't think it was enough room for two stars. When you say they, you mean the, the, the production company? Yeah, maybe the production company. Maybe that was their opinion and their narrative. But that was never the way I looked at Quad or, or any of those ladies. I never did. I didn't think we would take away from each other. I honestly thought it would change every season because it does, depending on what you're going through. You know what I mean? Everybody is going to break out at some point and be a breakout star or a breakout center of attention. You know what I mean? It's just something. But I just felt like it would be something that would evolve and change. So I never thought that I was going to be the star the whole time. I just didn't think that. That's why it's an ensemble cast. So when people say that you treated the show like it was yours and that these women worked for you and that they were on your show, what do you say to that? Because a lot of rumors were... Mariah think it's her show. She says it's her show. We work for her. I never treated them like that. You know what? I didn't feel that I'd done that. I felt like I always shared it. I think if I had to do it all over, I'd learned a lot of things. But the one thing I did well was calling myself the Queen Bee. It was never about those ladies. Those were not my counterparts. And that's the thing that people don't get. The first season, that my, like you said, my name was not in writing as creator or executive producer. So I was sending a message and people start asking the right questions. There's only so much you can say. It was never about the women that they worked for me, but this is my shit. This is, I mean, just keeping it real. Like you created something big, like, and I saw what was happening. Had I not said that, I would not have been on season two or season three on my own show. It changed, the narrative changed once people realized, oh, hold on a minute. It's her practice. When did you start getting your just due as the executive producer on the show in terms of the credit? What season was that? Season two, I was co-EP. And then season three, I was creator, executive producer. And on. And for the lifetime of the franchise, she's always uh, executive producer on all the shows. So it's been a fight. But hey, you know, it's, God is good. What God has for you is for you. Season three, I was only co-EP. I didn't get my created by credits until season four. Did your executive producer credit change the dynamic that you have with the cast? Because they saw it. 
I want to say it didn't, but it did in a sense of it created more division. Like even though they knew, they knew from the beginning how hard I worked, like I had the casting calls. I think once it was acknowledged by the production company, the network, it was almost like they saw me as the enemy. Like she's one of them. When I always, we were the same. This was our story. This is my story, their story. I was telling, so yes, it changed, but not in the way I had thought. Like I had been, you know, they knew the truth the whole time, but it was kind of almost like it created more separation or I don't know. It was, it was weird. So I do think it changed it, but not in a way that I probably had hoped. Did it change your relationship with the producers? Yes, but I didn't see it then. Their intentions were always the same from day one. I just didn't know it. I didn't know it. And so, yes, it did. Um, I think they always looked at me a certain way, but it's like what you say, you know what? They don't have to think you're smart or they they may not see you come. You may be the sleeper. But they knew then that me telling my story was going to be powerful. Probably didn't bank on it going the way it did, but it went in. I think what God has for you is for you. I stand by that. I really, truly do and mean it. I'm a true testament of that. Were you phased out of your own show? Absolutely. I didn't see it. And it's like, but the, the reason why I'm not mad or bitter about it is because I still feel like I came out on top. God had my back the whole time. And I felt like it was, people don't get, I lasted eight seasons. They was trying to do this shit since season one. I just didn't, I mean, at the end of season, like they pull you up to bring you down. I didn't realize that season two, they didn't bank on me coming back. They didn't? Mm-mm. Not at all. Mm-mm. I don't know what they thought she was going to go hide under a rock, but they really didn't. No, yeah, they didn't. And I learned that later on. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. It makes me so sad because for a woman to create a show, cast the show, star on the show, and then to see how you were allegedly phased out of your own show... Because we, the viewers, saw like, why Mariah doesn't have that many scenes this season? Or why doesn't Mariah have any interviews? It was this weird thing that was going on. And then now we don't see you on the show at all. So were you fired from your own show? No, my contract ran out. I had a producer contract and I had a cast contract. I focused so much on the producer side that the cast side, I felt like would kind of work itself out. I'm going to be honest. I did. I care more about the ownership and the and the producer side of it or whatever, because I felt like, it, you know, I felt like the audience would choose who they wanted on there. And I think that's why I lasted so long is that people, you know, they didn't bank on me having an audience and people to actually want to see me. So, yes, I do feel like they somewhat, well, they did phase me out or didn't want me there or didn't renew my contract. But I think that it was for the best because I think being on the show almost took away from me being a. I never thought that. I thought I think as a woman, the minority woman, I should be able to wear multiple hats. But they almost people put you in silos and want you to choose. I mean, you don't see what all. I don't see it with the guy producers, but with the women, I feel like we have to choose. Which role do you want? And that's kind of how I felt with being a creator EP. And especially when it became a franchise, it just, it, it was like, hold on a minute. It, people don't want you to have too much, too much power, you know, or influence. 
you know, and I think that's what a lot of it was. That makes me sad to hear because, you know, listen, as a Black man in this business, I'm all about representation. And I know firsthand how hard you work to get that show on the air. And what you don't know, and I never shared this with anybody, not even you, I remember being like, well, damn, bitch, can you pitch me Married to Medicine? I remember when I first heard through our friend Jacinda that, yeah, Mariah sold a show about doctor wives and and wives of doctors. I was like, damn, bitch, that's something I would have done. Like, it was such a genius idea. And I remember being like, oh, my gosh, I would have loved to work on that show People ask me all the time, like Carlos King, if you could produce any show in the world besides the ones you've done, what would it be? And I will always say the Braxtons and Married to Medicine, because those two are my favorite shows of all time that I did not produce. Married to Medicine is so underrated. Still, do you always feel like that show was in the shadows of Atlanta Housewives? Absolutely. It, was, it, it will always be the stepchild of, of Bravo. And I knew that. I saw that and I get it because it is, it's what kind of what they said. They don't never really wanted it to compete. And I think that honestly, there's no competition because Housewives of Atlanta just really came through. I mean, they came through like a wrecking ball and it's amazing. They opened up the door so there could be a marriage to medicine. Amen. But absolutely, it will always be in the shadows on the network, on Bravo, I think so. But I think that I think that Marriage and Medicine has rightfully on its own proven its place, that it deserves to be on TV and that, that it, it can stand on its own, you know? So I think that's the good part, but uh, it will always be in the shadows. Yeah, and, and I remember talking to Dr. Heavenly. I told Dr. Heavenly, Marriage and Medicine is a fantastic show because all of you guys work well together on that show. It's a true ensemble. And what I don't want y'all to do is to remove anybody from the show because it'll mess things up. And I said, I know there's some issues with Mariah because I hear things. I said, at the end of the day, Mariah is married to medicine. Quad is married to medicine. Like, I'm going to give people their props. I said to her, whatever you do, if y'all remove Mariah from that show, it's not going to be the same. And I'm going to go on record saying this. It, it hasn't been the same to me. You're missed on that show. And that show needs you. Well, that's because you have a... I think you have an honest eye. And I think at the end of the day, when you love something, you want to see it work and see it last. And you take your personal feelings out of it. Initially, you have to think first season, Heavenly was not cast on the show. I went to bat. I said, listen, we're putting her on. She has to be on season two. But I knew that she would be a wild card. And I knew she had something to bring to the show. And so you have to still stand your ground and say what's good. At the end of the day, what's going to be good for the show. So it's good that you were able to see that. I felt like that. I felt like if it would have made sense for me to go off where I had, they started trying to, I wasn't having fallouts at all. It just was nothing. Everybody had fallouts when you're in a group. You know, it's ensemble. It's a group of women. So I think that that's when things get scary is when it's not for the good of the show, when you're no longer thinking about the show. And I felt like with me doing, with me not being on there, 
I didn't want to be in a place that I didn't, I wasn't wanting. I want to be where I'm loved and supported. You know, I didn't want to be in a place where I'm tolerated. And if it in my position caused that much conflict, then it, it, it probably wasn't a good fit anymore because it's not fun anymore. Like I like to be real fun, funny, have a good time, turn up. I don't want to always have to show up just knowing it's about to come against me. I don't want to always have to feel you know, like you finna go in and be defensive. Because season six was the best season. Oh, wait a minute. Which season? Season six. Season six was about Dr. Jackie's man um, stepping out, right? We saw the shots of him at the airport with somebody. It was the, the destruction of Greg and Quad. That was the season I hated the most. Really? Hated it. I felt, you know why? Tell me. Because the reason why I created the show, even though we have problems in our marriages, I did not want to show the demise of the marriages at one time. I thought it was too much. Season six for me was too heavy and dark and got a little dark. Now, I'm going to say this to you as a viewer and a fan of the show. I thought it was so real. It was it was it was. Because the thing about it was this. The most beautiful moment in the history of that show, to me, was when all of y'all rallied to Simone and said, save this marriage. All of y'all said, this marriage can, can be saved. What, what Greg, what Dr. G and Quad is going through can't be saved, but we can save this because what y'all going through ain't that deep. And I saw all of you women rally for, like, to save that relationship. And to me, what you created, Mariah, is a show that really details what it's like to be a career woman who's married to a man that wants her at home more. But it also showed how women who are involved in the subculture of society, no matter what they go through, they can support each other. And that's what I miss about the show, honestly. And I, and I said this publicly I miss you and Quad. Y'all were Nene and Kim, Giselle and Robin. I miss I missed that. I miss y'all friendship. Do you miss her as much as I miss y'all? I think initially I probably did. But I think we just grew apart. I felt like I I'm gonna be honest with you, I feel like I remained the same. I think that TV and it just does something different to people. So I don't now, and that's not to say I wish her well. Like I love quite like I loved us as a duo, as a friend, as a producer. I didn't think it made sense. They blew it all out of it. Just became. I still was being careful about what I said. So I, initially, I did, but eventually, I just thought that she had became, you know, evolved into something else. When you see Quad now, is that the best friend that you met? over 10 years ago. I don't see her. I, we don't hang at the same place. We don't go. We don't do the same things. I mean, I don't really see her, to be honest with you. And that's no shade or anything. I just, we don't, I, on the show, I thought like, wow, I just never, because honestly, I, I really wanted us to do it. To, it was always supposed to be a duo. It was always meant to be a duo and for us to watch each other's back because I knew it was a doggy dog business. Are you sad that when all of this was going on on the show that these women who you gave a platform to, that some of them did not have your back and support you? No, no, no. Let me be honest. Um, I was devastated initially. I was devastated. I'm not a victim. I feel like I'm victorious. I think that it was my, a part of my test to be a part of my testimony, though God was doing something in my life. This was my vision. Nobody can take that away. 
It put them in a compromising position. Would I have done what they done? Absolutely not. I would have stood up for each and one. No, I can't be bought. So anybody knows me. No, I'm big on integrity. So yes, I expected at least one or two of them to maybe do something different. But at the end of the day, I'm not mad. I'm not bitter. I was initially, but so many other things happened in the world that I just couldn't even, you know, I just really couldn't even give it my energy. I felt like what God has for me was for me. And I think he wanted me to just rely on him and have faith in him. I, I really do. I think it was more about my story than them. I do. You know what is so interesting? I am watching right before my eyes a woman who has grown into who she's meant to be. I appreciate your honesty in terms of you recognizing that I was a woman who may have been bitter or devastated or hurt. And sometimes when we're like that, hurt people hurt others. Who you are right now is you've done the work to let that chapter of your life go. And I don't know if I could have been as strong as you because I create shows for a living. And I would be sad if something happened to where I'm not on a show I created. But I see this strength in you that impresses me because you seem to just be in a very different space. How did you get yourself out of that? Let me tell you, and I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It was life. Initially, I thought like you, like, how could this happen? I can't believe this. I did everything right. I thought I did. Like, not that I was perfect because I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I thought from a professional standpoint, I had covered my track. But what happened to me was life. I got sick after that. I saw the world falling apart. I seen black men, our sons, my husband, you know, people that look like my father dying right in front of my eyes. Like I just saw that it was so much more bigger even than married to medicine. One of the things that made it a little, little bit easier for me is what we said earlier. It was knowing my worth. And when I came into this business, my life was exactly kind of like it is now same car, same house. Like it really truly was the same. So I knew what I was meant to do. I knew who I was. My friendships didn't really change with any of those women. I was the same the entire time. Still is. So I'm still the same, but other people changed. I didn't. I'm the same person grown, but I'm the same. The stuff didn't or the fame or none of that changed me. And to be honest, for me, the true testament of my strength was not what I said, but what I did not say. I wasn't gagged or anything like that. I chose, you know, strength and silence and, you know, and, and, and I just chose to trust God in it. So it's not that I was old, happy-go-jolly. You know, it, I, it broke me down, all the way down. I, I mean, it did. Physically, I lost like 20. It was a lot. It was a lot. I had health issues after. It really broke me down. It was a lot. So just being honest, like what you see today what, it was just strength. And I think just honestly growth and that evolution. It just really, truly was. I just have so much more. I know it's so much more in store. It was just a stepping stone. I work with a lot of former reality stars who have their own story. And I'm not here to debunk anyone's story. That's I always tell people, I don't walk in your shoes. So because I may have been around you, I don't know your experience. Just because we know each other I do not know what it feels like to be a reality star 
on a big show. I, I don't know what that feels like. So when people used to say about you, like, oh my gosh, she's she's going to like file a lawsuit and 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 claim all this stuff, it never materialized. Did you ever think about it, or did you just fi- figure out I'm gonna do my thing the way it's supposed to? and let God handle the rest. Certain things didn't materialize because it didn't have to. It worked itself out. And I know I know God worked it out, but you know, when they say they make your enemy your foot, when they say make your enemy your foot, so they'll come to you. So things were tied up and worked out in a beautiful way. You know, it just, it kind of happened like that. And that was a blessing, but it was still hard or whatever. So I may not have physically filed a lawsuit, but that's not to say I wasn't on that track. Be very, very clear, you know, uh, and that's just being honest because you do have to do certain things in order to garner the reaction you need, especially when you know you're in the right position. But, it, you know, it was tough, but it everything's tied up, everything's good, and it's, it's no bad blood. Do you still keep in touch with any of the current cast members, Toya? I haven't talked to anybody at all. Um, I just, mm-mm. And I was shocked about that. Initially, you know, I was, you know, I would talk and reach out. But I think with a lot of things that were going on to their defense, I think it was a situation where it's kind of like, don't talk, don't do, you know, like this is going on. Like it was bigger, you know, it may not have been lost, but it was still the legalities of everything. So I think that that did complicate the relationships. That's still their job. And I was Mm -hmm. respectful. I don't want to put anybody in a situation. I didn't want anybody to feel uncomfortable, you know. We, and I'm speaking for the reality fans, we mm-hmm. do miss you on TV. Oh. Like, we want you back on television. Would you ever return to reality TV, sis? The break I had was amazing and I needed it. I don't know. I would never say never, but I just, I don't have the desire. I want to do something big. I don't mind doing unscripted, but the ensemble scares me. Because, and let me tell you why, because people do anything on the way up. And on the way down. And so when you, I mean, when you're comfortable, you need to be just that. And I am very comfortable. So it scares me about what other people do, will do, you know, with it. But I, I, I never say never. Because, you know, who knows the next year. I love Mariah. That was such a fun conversation with her. But it was also very meaningful because, look, that's a Black woman who created one of the most epic reality shows in history. Married to Medicine is such a good show. And the fact that it happened because she decided to turn down being a peach holder to live out her destiny. I am so sad to see her not be on the show anymore, but I have to say I'm happy that she found the peace within herself. And it is truly within my hope and heart of hearts that she is able to find her way back on television because I know what y'all thinking. Get her on Love and Marriage Atlanta. I really hope y'all enjoy that. I love you, Mariah. If you're listening, we must do it again, girl. Thoughts? Opinions, reads about my conversation with Mariah, email me at realitywiththeking at stitcher.com or leave me a voicemail at 310-593-8188. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me 
at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag Reality with the King. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley Brown. We are also produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks, engineering and music by Marcus Ham. More Sauce. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.